Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Big day today. It's Wednesday. What does that mean? That means it is time to turn the page. It is hump day, of course, but it's time to turn the page from what happened in week two to what's going to happen in week three as now the focus needs to be all 100% squarely on the Tennessee Titans. And that's what we'll do here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. My man, Demon Cotton, is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio as I was out at the Airmount Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, a little while ago. Was able to talk to head coach Josh McDaniels for a little while, be a part of that media session, check out practice for a about 10 minutes at most a little bit of stretching a little bit of individual drills and then they shut it on down and so we had to go back to the media room a little bit later matter of fact probably right now uh, there's some media members going to the Raiders locker room uh, following practice maybe not right now maybe it's coming up in a few minutes but obviously I'm not able to be there and be here at the same time believe me I've been trying to figure out how to duplicate myself for years and it just has not come to fruition yet but uh, hopefully Vinny Bonsignor is able to send us some good locker room sound from whoever he's able to talk to in the Raiders locker room as again everyone is turning the page and has turned the page to the Tennessee Titans. Matter of fact, I believe the players and the coaches turned the page well before we did, right? I mean, I know we talked about and let the, the, the loss of week two linger around for a while, but uh, that is officially in the rearview mirror at this point, and it's all time to focus on the road trip that is the Tennessee Titans. So that's what we're going to do coming up on today's show. There was a trade that the Raiders made. GM Dave Ziegler uh, had his had his, uh, had his phone out, and he was working the phone lines earlier today with the New England Patriots as the Raiders bring in offensive tackle Justin uh, Heron. Uh, he was the guy that started 10 games the last two seasons with the Patriots. He's a guy that is a swing tackle, could play right tackle, play left tackle position. Sounds like he's really a depth piece. I believe he played 198 snaps uh, uh, last season, only had two penalties and gave up one sack. So uh, he's a guy that Josh McDaniels is very familiar with. You'll hear him talk about him a little bit later on. Matter of fact, coming up in the opening drive, uh, obviously they're very familiar with uh, with uh, Justin from their time in New England, so they kind of know what he brings to the table. But a lot of people hit me up and say, Q, is this a guy that's going to start on Sunday? And I'll just tell you, my gut feeling is no. I mean, it's Wednesday, so my gut feeling tells me no. He's not going to be a guy that's going to be uh, suited up and at least starting on Sunday. Now, could he possibly get in to the little rotation that they have going on that offensive line? Possibly, depending on how things shake out. You know, I know in uh, week two, I know that uh, Jermaine Illuminor had a little bit of a hip injury. He left the game and uh, eventually came back for a minute and then made way for uh, Thayer Munford. So maybe he can get into the rotation, but I just think that they'd be rushing him out there too quick, fast, and in a hurry. And this is not a guy that's a you know all-pro right tackle or all-pro left tackle, and all of a sudden you can just plug and play. This is a guy that's going to, I believe, need a little bit of development. But uh, uh, Justin Haran is now a member of the Silver and Black. The Raiders gave up a 2024 six-round draft pick for him, and they received back him and a 2024 seventh round draft pick so again kind of let you know uh where he stood as far as the patriots go uh he wasn't a guy that was uh you know highly regarded or a guy that they were using a whole hell of a lot i mean they had guys that had beat him out younger guys that had beat him out for that spot so uh he was just a depth piece 
uh, on their roster, and so he could be just that for the Raiders. But I think that everyone realizes that they haven't found the right rotation yet. They still have not found it, and honestly, they shouldn't have a rotation. But, again, that's something that they got to work out, and they're going to try to do that, and uh, hopefully with the addition of Justin Haran, they'll be able to kind of help solidify that offensive line. But there'll be a lot more of that before uh, the show's over. We'll talk about, plus, like I said, you'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels as he talks about what his expectations are for Justin. But coming up, as far as guests come on the show today, uh, David Beauclair, alltitans.com, si.com, Beauclair Sports on Twitter. He's going to join the show to talk about the Tennessee Titans. He'll give us our first preview. We'll have a preview today. We'll have a preview tomorrow, and we'll close it out on Friday, uh, just continuing to go with almost the theme of practice, right? What does Wednesday's practice look like? What does Thursday's practice look like? What does Friday's practice look like? You know, what are the expectations as the, the Raiders travel to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans? So uh, we'll have David Beauclair join us coming up at 2.30 to give us a little Titans preview as it stands right now on Wednesday of a game week. Then coming up at 3 o'clock, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. She'll join us to talk all things Las Vegas Aces. And I know when I signed off the show yesterday, I said I'm going to try to make my way down to the Las Vegas Strip, try to see if I can uh, uh, get some, uh, some interviews or see what I can do down on the, on the Strip at the parade. And I'll tell you right now, I wasn't able to get any interviews and if anybody heard the young ladies on stage uh, throughout the course of the, the celebration, I don't think that it would have been too much I could have used on the radio anyway, but it was a hell of a celebration. And I know a lot of TV stations here locally uh, carried it as well, and so they were able to, uh, you know, so a lot of people were able to observe the, the parade and the celebration. But I can tell you right now firsthand from being there and being planted basically right in front of the stage, and it's so funny, I got down there and I didn't have a credential yet, but I was trying to, 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 to find the guy to get my credential from, so I was texting him, he's texting back, he's like, no, Q, I'm over here. I was like, all right, well, I'm over here. And so we were trying to coordinate, and at one point I just said, you know what, the hell with it. I got my Raider Nation Radio 920 shirt on. I know what it's all about, man. I'm just going to walk in there like I know what I'm doing. So I did. I just walked up to the front of the stage. I'm standing there next to our good friends, Jesse Merrick and Brian Salmon from News 3LV, and I was like, I don't need no damn credential. My my, my, my radio station badge says I'm a, I get, that's all the credential I need. So we were good to go. I don't even know why I was even thinking about it and stressing off of it. Tashawn Reed was there as well from The Athletic. Uh, so I saw a lot of media members here that we talked to locally about the Raiders were there uh, for the celebration for the Aces, including Paloma Villacana. So uh, she'll join us at 3 o'clock to talk about the celebration, talk about what it means for Las Vegas. You know, it's funny, I walked in there, and uh, there's a guy, Joe, from Channel 13, and I was just walking, trying to make my way up to the stage, and he just happened to catch me, and I guess he was doing a live shot at the moment for Channel 13, and all of a sudden he was like, hey, I'm here with local sports broadcaster Q Myers, and I was like, oh, whoa, and next thing I know, there's a microphone in my face, so I just roll with it, you know, I mean, hey, you know, when you in Rome, act like the Romans, so I just roll with it, but one of the questions he asked me was, what do you think this means for Las Vegas in the sports market? And I was like, man, it just lets it be known that it could be done, right? You can win championships in Las Vegas. You know, it's not just the casinos. It's not just the parties. It's not just the 24-hour access to whatever you want. But it could become a real sports mecca. And I say this right now, Raider Nation. I've said it for a few years. There's a reason why I wanted to be here in Las Vegas. And obviously the Raiders are, are part of that. But there is a reason why I was pushing for, I would say probably, I don't know, I'd have to ask my mom, but I probably would say I was pushing for about six or seven years to get here. And I just wasn't able to make it happen. I had to build multiple relationships with different people and finally was able to land the job. But just kind of knew with the fact that the Raiders were eventually going to be here or just what it, the landscape of it and the Golden Knights being here, realized that this market was going to become a, a sports mecca. It really was, a West Coast sports mecca. And then we find out news about, you know, um, people trying to turn Las Vegas into kind of Hollywood – 
as well, trying to get a Hollywood theme going. I mean, this this area is just going to continue to grow. But as far as sports go, what I care about the most, this is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think the Las Vegas Aces, I think Mark Davis, I think Coach Becky Hammond, and the young ladies that hoisted that trophy, they all proved that you could win a championship right here in Las Vegas. And so I don't know uh, if that's the motivation for the silver and black. You know, as I was leaving the parade last night, I was talking to some other media members. I said, hey, no pressure, Raiders. Just go get it done now, right? (laughs) Just go get it done. The Aces, your sisters, you know, your little sisters, they got it done. So now it's your turn. So, you know, I'm sure Mark Davis is uh, super happy. I'm sure he's got that, that trophy walking around the facility, showing it off to everybody because he was super happy. And I was, I was very excited for him, uh, knowing what vision he had for that team and knowing now that he has a championship. And those young ladies, they had a hell of a time. If anyone saw the footage of the, of the parade, you know that those young ladies had a great time out there. So very happy for them. Of course, Darren Waller was out there as well, uh, celebrating with uh, Kelsey Plum, who's his girlfriend. And uh, just a lot. It was a lot. It was really cool and to see the whole community come out there they end up shutting down the strip in both both ways at first they just shut it down in one direction then by the time it it was wrapped up you looked up and they were shut down in both directions so it was it was massive and so if you um, follow me on twitter at your boy q254 you'll see a lot of video and pictures from the parade but i didn't get any audio from it just because well it just it wasn't going to happen they got back on the bus after the celebration happened and you just weren't gonna you know you didn't really have an opportunity to talk to anybody so We'll let Paloma Villacana do the talking for us coming up at 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30, Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Pats. He's going to join the show to talk about Justin Haran, the offensive tackle that comes from the New England Patriots, what he brings to the table. Why was he a guy that was worth trading? You know, what is his good assets? What is his bad assets? Does he think he's a guy that could end up being eventually, a, a, you know, a starter at the right tackle position? Because let's make no mistake about it. I mean, yeah, he's a swing tackle. He could play left tackle or right tackle. But I think there's no mistaking where he's going to play when he actually plays. That's going to be that right tackle spot. There's still a big question mark. Who's going to hold that spot down? Is it Thayer Mumford, the seventh-round pick at Ohio State? Is it Jermaine Illuminor, who's struggled a little bit through two games, even though he's a great quote? You know, I love talking to Jermaine Illuminor in the locker room. He's fantastic, but he hasn't really been able to put it all together so far on the field. So there's a few question marks there, you know, or, or is it going to be Justin Haran, you know, or is it going to be some other, right? It could be anybody, I guess. But right now, those are the options that they're, they're looking at. Uh, so we'll see. And we'll talk to Mike DeBate coming up at 3.30. All things uh, Justin Haran and what he'll bring to the table for the Raiders uh, now a former member of the New England Patriots. That's coming up at 3.30. We also, throughout the course of the show, uh, Vinny's going to try to send us over some uh, some locker room action, whatever, or whoever he gets to talk to in the Raiders locker room. He'll try to bring that to the table, send it over to us, and we'll get that uh, turned around and put on the air for you so you can hear whoever they get a chance to talk to. Uh, also, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams are going to be talking at the podium. So at some point in the show, probably the 3 o'clock hour, we'll go to that and we'll go to it live and let you hear what Derek Carr has to say, what Devontae Adams has to say. And I'm really interested to hear from Devontae Adams. Remember, after the game on Sunday, he was the first one out of there. I mean, he was the first one out of there. As soon as we came walking up trying to get ready to get to the locker room, get ready to get to our access to the locker room, Devontae was already in the hallway. He was already passing the food line, had his shades on, and he was moving. He was done. Uh, He was out of there. Remember, he had two catches for 12 yards and a touchdown on Sunday in his uh, Raider home debut, the season debut for Devontae Adams. So I'm really interested to see what he has to say now that he's had a couple days to, you know, let that burn a little bit and then get past him and see where he's at. We saw him out there on the football field earlier today during the, the practice that was open to the media. So he's out there. He's active. 
he's doing his thing. So uh, those are the three guests that we have for you. Plus, as I mentioned, locker room action. We'll also hear some podium action from Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. So always, as, as we do around here, locked and loaded. We do have a little bit of a soundbite as well from the parade last night. From T.C. Martin and, and Raiders and Aces owner Mark Davis, I don't know if we're going to have time to play it. It's only about two and a half minutes, but I thought it was some good stuff. It actually was with Mark Davis before the parade got started. And, of course, T.C. is the voice of uh, the Aces. He does all the, the games. He broadcasts all the game, and you can hear him on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. So he sent it over to me, which is great. It's good looking out. It's about two and a half minutes long. I can't guarantee that we're going to get to it, I promise you. If we do, great. If we don't, that's fine, too. Not a big deal because we do have Paloma coming up at 3 o'clock. But just kind of wanted to let you know that we had that in our bag as well. So David Beauclair at 2.30, Paloma Villacana at 3, Mike DeBate at 3.30, plus more to come. Now that you know the guests coming up on the show, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And before we get into some sound from head coach Josh McDaniels, his media session that he had earlier uh, this afternoon, it was close to the afternoon, it was about 11.45 this morning. Uh, before we get into some of that, I did want to throw the show question or the show topic I had out there, uh, and that is who is a player or players, you know, you could pick like two or three if you want, that you would like to see more involved in the game plan. That could be offensively or defensively, but there's some guys that haven't got any burn yet, Right. You know, a guy like T. Billy, haven't really seen him out there. Haven't seen Malcolm Kuntz out there. Haven't really seen Tashawn Bauer. And, I mean, they've been in there, but not to the extent where they could really make a big impact. Hunter Renfro was not out there at practice today. You know, he's dealing with concussion-like symptoms. He has to clear concussion protocols before he could play. So he might not be a go on Sunday. The slot machine might not be a go. That could be a big deal. That could open up the door for somebody. It's not going to be DJ Turner. He's on IR. Maybe a guy like T. Billy. Get some more action. Maybe they play Devontae Adams out of the slot a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the game plan is going to be. You know, the Raiders still haven't quite established what their identity offensively is. Head coach Josh McDaniels talked about it just a little bit earlier today and just kind of made it sound like, you know, they want to do multiple things. I don't think that they've really established what they want that identity to be. But I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Again, 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash, text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. Who is a player or players that you'd like to see more involved in the game plan offensively or defensively? Of course, let me know why. Let me know how this player or players, how they impact the game. You know, me and Vinny were talking while we were watching practice, and Vinny pointed out number one. He said, you know, maybe number one needs to get in a little bit more. Talk about T. Billy. He's got the speed to stretch the field. You know, so maybe that's a maybe that's a guy that that could at least keep defenses off honest by him, you know, running them deep. You know, and I, and I don't want to, you know, just put a guy out there and say he's a glorified, um, you know, decoy. But maybe at times you use him as a decoy, and then it, and then when they think he's a decoy, you take a shot to him. I know Mac Hollins was getting a lot of burn last game, and he had some nice catches. Man, Mac Hollins was putting together a nice little game. I'm interested to see how he continues to develop. But maybe T. Billy's a guy, or maybe. Maybe not. Maybe Derek Carr and T. Billy haven't really quite developed that relationship yet. Honestly, obviously, Mac Hollins and D.C. are on the same page because he targeted him early and often on Sunday. So that's a guy I could think of. Maybe you want to see, you know, a combination of Josh Jacobs and Zamir White. You know, maybe you like to see a two-headed monster instead of just Josh Jacobs, even though, you know, I think most people would probably say you, you haven't seen enough of the run game yet, right? Maybe you want to see – I know, Damon, you mentioned Amir Abdullah last week that you thought he could be a factor, and 
he actually had a couple nice little plays early, and some people tweeted at us and said, there goes DeMond's Amir Abdullah, right? And so, I mean, maybe that's a guy that you want to see a little bit more. What are your thoughts on that? It was good because, like you said, I saw the tweet too. It's like, hey, I felt a little vindicated, but then it felt like you didn't see him for the rest of the game. So for me, it is like you mean those couple of players, just the running backs in general. More importantly, in the second half, don't go away from them. Like, just don't get too pass happy. I would like to see the running backs just get some more run in the second half of games. Right. No, exactly. I think that's a good point that you bring up. And I'll tell you, man, uh, Amir Abdullah had a couple big plays, and then one of them got called back because of a penalty. Again, penalties that creep up, uh, shooting yourself in the foot. And then it felt like after that one got called back, it felt like we didn't see him again, right? But, you know, for a guy that I thought was going to get cut and wasn't going to make it out of training camp, he's showing that he's, he's got some worth, right? He's showing that he could be a player on this team, and that just shows why I don't pick the 53-man roster, and they do. Because if I didn't, there would be guys that got cut that are, are talented players that they see value in. So, you know, maybe Amir Abdullah is a guy that you'd like to see a little bit more. But I think we can get some interesting answers. So 702-365-9200, let's light them up real quick. Salmon Ash, text line 69187, keyword R&R. Before we get to that, though, before we get to the calls and texts, I did want you to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. And this was just his opening statement. He talked about the aces. He talked about, you know, just the, the game plan moving on to Tennessee. Here he is. It's a pretty lengthy answer. Or actually, it's a pretty lengthy statement because it was never even a question. But here's Josh McDaniels starting things off. We're knee deep into Tennessee. Uh, this is obviously a uh, it's a team that uh, we're getting familiar with. Uh, it's not a, a team that we've you know uh, played that many times recently, um, but uh, certainly have a very specific style uh, that they like to play with. Um, very physical, aggressive. Um, you know, try to get control of the game, uh, which they oftentimes do. Um, you know, a very. Very good in close games last year. You know, had a bunch of you know games decided by three points or less, and were very, um, very successful in all of those. So they can you know win the tight ones at the end. They play very good situational football. Um, very good running game. Obviously, that goes without saying. But uh, Derrick Henry, um, you know, uh, any superlative you want to use for him uh, would be accurate. Um, you know, obviously durable. Um, Big, physical, fast, um, you know, he's just going to have the ball, you know, um, more than any other player on their team, obviously, and uh, need to need to do a good job of, of trying to contain him. I mean, it's very difficult to stop him, but um, and then defensively, they play very physical, uh, change their coverages, um, give you a lot of different looks in the secondary, got really, um, you know, really good safeties uh, that do a good job of disguising the coverages. Um, I'd say that Bayard and Simmons are two of the very best players that we're going to see all year on any team. Um, defensively, uh, do a great job of getting the getting the football, uh, and then they present a lot of challenges in the kicking game. Uh, the young punter has got a huge leg. Uh, young returners already made a couple splash plays in the return game. Um, it's probably the best field goal rush team we're going to see, or certainly we've seen so far. Uh, do a great job. Autry's blocked more kicks than any other player in the last six or eight years. So um, a lot of things they do well. Uh, obviously, they earned uh, you know, the recognition they got last year in terms of the AFC and where they, where they ranked and qualifying for the playoffs, those kind of things. Um, and I've played there before. It's a tough place to play. It'll be loud. Um, so it'll, it'll be another big challenge for us. There you go, head coach Josh McDaniels, kind of giving you a little bit of an early scouting report on the Tennessee Titans. And that Autry that he was talking about, yeah, Raider Nation, that's former Raider Danico Autry. And he didn't practice today, but uh, Danico Autry was always a guy that I wish the Raiders had kept. 
You know, there's always that one player. I always say that that you always, you know, guys, fans always, you know, become big fans of certain players, and some of them are really good, and some of them just okay. I thought Danico Autry was really good. I thought he was really sticking good. He went and got a nice little free agent deal from uh, the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, he's been around a little bit now, but, man, that was a player that I always thought was a hell of a player. I thought that the Raiders uh, should have kept and held her on. And uh, like Josh McDaniels just said, he's blocked a lot of field goal attempts. And he did that when he was with the Raiders. He blocked a couple. So I always liked Danico Autry, but he didn't practice today for the Tennessee Titans. So we'll see if he actually plays on Sunday. But it's, it's Wednesday. So obviously injury report will come out later on today. We'll get one on Thursday. We'll get one on Friday. And then on uh, Sunday, 90 minutes out, we'll find out who's in and who's out. Let's, uh, let's get some folks in right now, though. 702-365-9200. Let's get ABA Ivan Davis. You're in. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, thanks for the call. Can you hear me? I can, brother. Loud and clear. Oh, okay, cool. Fine. Good connection. Um, I'll be real brief. Uh, the actual people who I think are the most important that we should pay attention to is the exact same plan as last year, all the other receivers. Devontae may not like it, but I'm almost, I'm just taking a wild guess at what the coaches are thinking. If you're going to put four on Devontae, we will burn you. And that's what they did. It worked to absolute perfection. Where they failed at was two areas. They went away from the run, and they didn't start looking for Devontae down the stretch. Because what you got to do is change the defense. Oh, okay. They're taking advantage of us. We now have to change our defense and start covering Wallace, start covering Renfro, start covering the third receiver. Okay, now, now, you got, now you got the coverage that you want. But they went to a cover six, which means, or, or almost like a cover six, which means you got to run the football. Okay, and that's what we're going to have to do next week. I promise you they're going to look at the film and say, okay, we're going to stick everybody in the middle of the field. Those are going to be DBs. Okay, so, so okay, let me, let me ask you football. this real quick. I'm sorry. Let me ask you this real quick. Who are the players that you want to focus in on this upcoming week? The exact same. All the, the running game, all, 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 everybody on offense that are receivers and uh, wide receivers and, and, and the running game. Those okay. All those players. All right, that'll work. Hey, thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. I got a lot of folks lined up. I want to get as many in as possible. 702-365-9200. ABA Ivan Davis says all the wide receivers not named Devontae Adams and the running backs. So you're looking at Josh Jacobs. You're looking at Zamir White. Brandon Bolden was back at practice today dealing with that hamstring injury, so maybe he's a factor as well. And, of course, DeMond had mentioned Amir Abdullah. Let's go out to Passionate Raider. You're in. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What up, man? Chilling. Hey, good call, Ivan Davis, man. You know, you know, Q, you know, you sit back and you think about this offense, and the question is, who do we want to see more of? I mean, we just want to see who we just – all the players that we signed, we want to see these guys. We want to see Chandler Jones. We want to see Rocky Sin. We want to see we, – we want to see number 20 again making some more plays, man. We want to see this defensive line making plays. We want to see number four making plays. Okay. I mean, come on, Q. We understand it's a, you know, and, and this is one question that I want one of you guys to ask Derek if you can get in the locker room with him. Is this the most complex offense that you have ever been a part of? Because if he could honestly just come out and tell us that, then you know that maybe some of us can sit back and realize, okay, you know what, it, it is what it is. Let it, but, but when you guys are telling us, when him in his mouth is telling us, oh, I'm on the same page, and he says everything he says in his meetings, that's why he's getting the backlash from some of us, man. Though none of us want to back, bash that quarterback, Q. We want this guy to succeed, but he's got to show us and not talk about it at the podium. That's the biggest thing, Q. So I want to see Derek Carr come out here in Tennessee on 
Sunday afternoon, and I want him to have confidence in his line, in his wide receivers, in him to do his job and to lead this team, to make that first down on third and three, make that first down on second and long, make the right pass play, make the right read. Don't check into a bad run. Q, how many times have we heard Derek Carr in the past three years say, we're good, we're good, and Jacobs is smashed in the backfield? Q, I can't count on two hands how many times that play has happened. That okay. stuff can't happen, man. All right, th- thank you, my man. I got I got I got to run, man. I got more calls lined up, but uh, I get it. You want to see Derek Carr be more efficient, and that's fine. That's okay. Derek Carr be more efficient. Joshua Daniels actually talked about that earlier today. We'll hear from him a little bit later, uh, and he feels like Derek Carr's got a pretty good grasp of the offense. We'll have to see it. You know, we'll have to see if he absolutely does. But I think that that's fair. I think that's fair to ask for Derek Carr to be a little bit more uh, efficient and, and show that he does have a better grasp of the playbook. And I think it, it goes for more than Derek Carr, to be 100% honest with you. I think all the players need to show that they have a, a, a grasp of the playbook. That's offensively. I'm talking defensively as well. You know, who would you like to see more of put into the mix for the game plan for Sunday against the Titans? One more quick call. Raider Jesse out the 209, my old stomping grounds. What's up, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, Q, man? Uh, it's Wednesday again, man. I called you last week. Um, what can I say, man? I'm flipping the page again, baby. I'm, I'm not losing hope. I'm not going to panic here. Like I said, I'm still, I'm still hurt from uh, last week's loss. But, um, you know, what can I say, man? I mean, I don't know what else I could say about the offense. I mean, we looked great in the first half. Um, I don't know what – I really don't want to say uh, what to implement this week. We got Devontae Adams for a reason last year. I mean, this year to, to win games. I, I just want to see one game, man, where we go out there and him and Derek – literally just ball out, man, and they're the reason why we win the game. I mean, obviously, some fans were mad about or they were complaining about too many targets in week one, Q. But, I mean, bro, I would literally would love to see Derek and Devontae just go out there and just have a great game together, you know, and that's the reason why we win the game. Obviously, I want to see a team effort. Everybody's bashing Josh because of play calling. We could have ran it and all that. I mean, what do you think, Q, man? I mean, should we force give him a lot of targets this game again? I mean, I don't know. I just want to see us pay off from Devontae getting us a win with Derek playing great. Hey, thank you for the call. And real quickly, I'll say uh, that, yeah, I don't have any problem with them feeding Devontae Adams. That's what you got him for is to be an uh, alpha dog. So uh, I know that sometimes you're not going to be able to just feed it to him because the defense is going to have a say, like Joshua Daniels says. But, you know, this dude was getting doubled and triple covered in Green Bay, and they found ways to get on the ball all the time. I would have no problem with Derek doing the same thing he did on uh, week one against the Chargers and feeding Devontae Adams. I think that's a great recipe, and the more you feed him, the more everyone else is going to open up as well because then they're going to try to continue to take that away. So I would have no problem with that. I'd like to see a little bit more of the run game as well. It's a, it's a, it's a fine line. I've been saying it. There's a reason why I ain't no offensive coordinator. It's a fine line in, in play calling. You, you do a play in quarter one to set up something in quarter number four, right? I mean, there's, it's, just, it's a chess match. It's definitely not checkers. But thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. The question that we're asking to you, Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Who is a player or players that you'd like to see more involved in the game plan, offensively or defensively, and why? Coming up next, we're going to talk about the Tennessee Titans with Dave Beclair, all Titans from uh, SI.com, also a Believe in the Titans podcast. He'll give us an early preview on uh, the Tennessee Titans, what to expect on Sunday. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920, brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a text from Jay from Santa Cruz. JR from Santa Cruz, excuse me, said, I believe the Raiders need to utilize their running backs. There's a reason why coaches kept that many, so it's time to unleash them. But definitely want to see more Josh Jacobs. And I want to see them utilize the linebackers and defensive backs on blitzing plays. They could have used more of those to stop Kyler Murray on Sunday. Welcome in to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Asking the question, who's a player or player that you'd like to see more involved in the game plan offensively or defensively? We'll get to your texts and we'll get to your calls in a little bit. Right now on the phone lines from Believe in the Titans podcast, David Beauclair. Also, uh, Titans covers the Titans for SI.com. And David, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And the Tennessee Titans are similar to the Raiders. Got off to an 0-2 start after being the number one seed in the AFC just a, a season ago. How surprised are you by the start, the slow start for the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, good to be with you first off. It's, uh, you know, 0-2 is, uh, I, I mean, who knows in the NFL, right? But, <laughs> but I will say they should have beaten the Giants in week one. They, you know, they, they were clearly outclassed Monday night at Buffalo. They, they've, they've got a long way to go, but they – they were up thirteen nothing on the Giants. Had that game in control and uh, and, and didn't take advantage of some opportunities and, and it got away from them pretty quickly there. So uh, so I, I am surprised and I am surprised. I guess you, you look at it this way too. This is the first time they're zero and two since twenty thirteen. And uh, you, you know if you think back twenty fourteen twenty fifteen under Ken Wisenhunt, they finished tied for the NFL's worst record in each of those two seasons but they were you know they managed to go one and one in the first two weeks there so it's uh, I think it's fair to say it's uh, it, it's sort of a desperation game for both teams here yeah, it really is. We've been talking about that quite a bit here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And, you know, you mentioned the 13-0 lead over the Giants. The, the Raiders were up 20-0 to over the Cardinals at halftime, and, and they weren't able to put things away. When you see something like that, what do you, how do you point the finger to what went wrong? Well, with the Titans, uh, it was pretty obvious against the Giants. They, uh, they didn't take advantage of some, some opportunities to, to score touchdowns. They settled for a a couple of field goals, and then they, uh, uh, you know, they they muffed a punt, which uh, which they they actually overcame that. But the, you know, sort of sort of all the momentum started building for the Giants throughout the second half, and and when that started, the Titans didn't make any sort of big play anywhere in the in the second half to change things, and then all of a sudden. Saquon Barkley gets loose for a 68-yard run that, that leads to a touchdown, and and Sterling Shepard gets gets free deep for a 64-yard touchdown. So a couple of big plays really really swung things the other way, and the, and the Titans Titans never answered, in, in, and never never even came close to answering. In fact. You know, it's so funny the way that you describe that. It sounds like I'm watching the Raider game all all over again. You know, I mean, it was just it was the same thing. You know, it's just they didn't do anything in the in the second half offensively, and Arizona got the momentum, and, and the Raiders were never never able to get it back. So uh, these are two teams that I guess have gone through similar adversity so far uh, in this young season, and now they'll square up against each other in Nashville on Sunday. So as far as Mike Vrabel goes, he's a coach that I really respect. He's a guy that is going to always want a very physical team. Uh, how much do you think he's going to really, I don't want to say put extra physicality, but really put an emphasis on physicality this week? I, I think that's, uh, I, I that's going to be a, a really big point of emphasis because he, you know he's talked about sort of simplifying things a little bit and sort of just focusing on you know the things that they do well, and so that that means I think the Raiders can expect 
a heaping helping of Derrick Henry early in this game and, uh, and, and see if they can get the running game going, which it, it hasn't really gotten going so far this year. I think you're going to, you're going to see the, the front four be very aggressive, uh, you know, led by Jeffrey Simmons on, on Monday night. They sort of had to, sort of had to control their rush a little bit, you know, with a guy like Josh Allen, who's, uh, who, who's dangerous as a runner and, and does those things. Derek Carr, of course, is more inclined to stand in the pocket and keep right. his eyes downfield and, and those sorts of things. In fact, I talked to Jeffrey Simmons this afternoon and he said, uh, he said, yeah, I'm really excited about the opportunity to go after a guy like Carr as opposed to a guy like Allen. And I don't blame him. <laughs> You're right. I mean, I don't, I don't blame him. Pass rushers want to get to the quarterback, and Simmons is a heck of a, a pass rusher that the Raiders are going to have to try to uh, keep away from their quarterback. Again, we're talking with David Beauclair here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, talking all things Tennessee Titans. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, you mentioned about a heavy dose of Derrick Henry, and you you had a piece out today, and it's Todd Downing takes blame for bad for a bad play call, and that was given hmm. handing it off to the tight end on third and one. So, how much responsibility is going to fall on him and being creative with the play with the play calling for the Titans? Because that game on Monday night, they just looked flat. Yeah, that that was actually a play call in the Giants game. That was that was when things were kind of getting away from them, and they needed to you know they needed to sort of bring some first downs together and, and take control of that game again and, and, and didn't, uh, you know, Monday night they, they ran Henry a, a fair amount early and, and the, the offensive line just, just never, never gave him room to run. So, I, um, you know, this is uh, – Todd Downing is, is a guy who, of course, had one year as an offensive coordinator with the Raiders in <laughs> Oakland. and uh, We remember. Um, he's, yeah, he's, 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 starting, he's starting, to take some, starting to take some heat here now. He's, uh, he's sort of been, uh, sort of been an, an, easy, an easy target for a lot of folks. But, uh, you know, Mike Rabel was sort of adamant about the fact that uh, – uh, he was sort of he was sort of asked about it on Monday and, he, and or Tuesday and he said, uh, you know, we're we're happy with the coaches we have. Everybody's working hard. Everybody's working together. You know, there's uh, I, I I don't think Downing is is in any real trouble right now. His his problem is he followed Arthur Smith, who of course is now the head coach in Atlanta, and Arthur Smith is is probably the best offensive coordinator I've seen, and I've covered this team for 25 years now. Mm. I mean. Uh, so you know you never you never want to follow a guy who's that good, and that's that's sort of Todd Downing's biggest problem right now, I think. And also with that run game, Taylor Lewan he fa- he suffered a knee injury in on Monday night. Any update on him? You know he didn't didn't practice today. There there was an expectation among some folks that he would end up on injured reserve today, but that hasn't happened either. Uh, Coach Mike Rabel said that they're going to continue to evaluate him. Throughout the week, so they're, they're talking like there's a uh, there's a possibility, I guess, that he could play. I I know that that Lawan will definitely want to play this game just because if if you know anything about what happened to the Titans in Week One last year mm-hmm. against the Arizona Cardinals, Chandler Jones just dominated Lawan in in what was probably the worst game of Taylor Lawan's NFL career and. Uh, and, and I know Lawan is, is looking forward to an, an opportunity to sort of redeem himself in his own eyes, if, if not everybody else's eyes. And the fact that, that now if he is going to play, he's not going to be a, a 100% certainly can't, uh, can't sit well with him. But I would think it, it's got Chandler Jones really licking his chops right now. 
Talking all things Tennessee Titans right now with David Beauclair here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Looking at the Tennessee Titans side of things when it comes to the injury report, it's pretty lengthy. Danico Autry didn't play. It's not injury-related. Traylon Burks, the rookie wide receiver, ankle, limited participation. Uh, Luan, as you mentioned, didn't play. Uh, Bud Dupree with a hip injury. Uh, what do you make of the injury report? Is there some guys on there that stand out to you that you think might not go on Sunday? Yeah, it, it looks like. Uh, I mean, it looks like an injury report of a team that got beat forty-one to seven right. days ago. It? I mean, like <laughs> right. it's. I mean, they got they got pushed around and 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 beat up a, a little bit. Um, you know, Traylon Burks is the uh, is sort of the one that jumped out at me because because Burks is one of the bright spots. This guy had a terrible off season for the most part. Didn't do much during the preseason, and and he's had two decent to to really good games here and and has has sort of created a lot of optimism finally that that hadn't existed in recent weeks and if he uh, you know you know the big thing is is his ability to run after the catch and and make things happen with the ball in his hands and so uh it, you know an, an ankle injury even if he does play if he's not quite as explosive as he normally would be or or doesn't have sort of that extra gear that's going to that's going to take a lot away from his game so that's that's you know that that's another one that's going to really bear watching here as as the week goes on I wanted to ask you about the quarterback position. Not that I think that Ryan Tannehill is not going to be the quarterback for long, but I know Malik Willis, the youngster, is sitting behind him. He got a little action on Monday, but it was in blowout form. So is there any kind of expectations or any kind of a timetable when you think Malik Willis maybe later on in the season might get some burn, or is it basically the Ryan Tannehill show for uh, 2022? Yeah, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm close to finishing a piece sort of, tamping down the idea that Ryan Tannehill got benched on Monday night as, right. you know in favor of Malik Willis because you know when when the time at the time that Tannehill got pulled from the game Derrick Henry got pulled Ben Jones got pulled Kevin Byer got pulled you know like like Mike Rabel just waved the white flag and said you know I'm going to save these guys to to fight for another day there there is no doubt that Malik Willis is the uh, is the quarterback of the future here. He will be the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, barring injury. Though that that will happen in 2023, or if I, you know, if the Titans are two and ten or whatever, they're completely out of it. Then you know, then maybe you, you start working on. It. But the the whole you know the whole preseason and training camp and everything was all about getting Malik Willis enough work and enough exposure and whatnot to make sure he was the number two guy going into this season. And and my sense is that, that come next season, everything will be focused on getting him to the point that, that they're convinced he can be the starter. And, and it, and it, you know, even if they don't, you know, they, cause they can cut Ryan Tannehill next year and not take a big salary cap hit or potentially they, they could trade him or whatnot. But even, even say they hold on to him, into training camp or whatever. It, it won't be a contest between Willis and Ryan Tannehill throughout the offseason. It will be a contest between Willis and whatever is good enough to be a starting quarterback. And once these coaches decide he is good enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL right now, that's when he will be a starting quarterback, even if he's not better than Tannehill at that point. David, just got a couple more questions for you, and one of them is injury-related for guys that won't play for sure on Sunday. Trent Cannon, he's out for the year. Uh, he's, a, he's a return specialist. And then defensive back Chris Jackson, he's on IR for the next four weeks. How, how big are losses are those two guys in particular? 
You know, Chris Jackson's a guy who who has been a good and and sort of versatile player, you know, a seventh-round pick who has probably overperformed a little bit during during the first couple years of his career here. He has not had a, a good 2022. He was... He was not particularly good in the preseason. In fact, didn't make the active roster for the first time coming out of uh, coming out of the, the preseason. They put him on the practice squad, uh, added him added him for this game Monday night, and he didn't didn't play well. He was sort of he was sort of one of the later options of the Titans trying to stop uh, Stephon Diggs, and and he didn't fare any better than anybody else did in that contest. So uh, it, it's it's tough to say. You know, they they have. They, they sort of they sort of moved on from Chris Jackson in a way when they when they traded for Ugo Amadi late in the preseason. So I, I don't think he's a he, he's a huge setback. Trenton Cannon was a guy they signed as a free agent, you know, one of those affordable guys. But mm-hmm. they expected him to be their kickoff return man. They they expected him to be a a, a force on special teams, like as a gunner on punts and whatnot, and. Uh, uh, you know he played he played as many special team snaps as anybody on the team in in week one. So I mean he was he was sort of doing exactly what was expected of him. And and without him, you know they had rookie running back Hassan Haskins back there as their kickoff returner Monday night. I, I don't think he's got the he's the same kind of dynamic returner that that Cannon would be. And uh, um, he, he's going to be he's going to be a little harder to replace in some ways. I know it's only been two games in the season, and it's a small sample size, but the Titans' leading receiver, it's tied at seven. So how much do you think the team misses A.J. Brown, and do you think that Josh Gordon is going to be a factor, or are they just the latest team to fall for the okie doke? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's interesting because, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of talk during the offseason that, that not having A.J. Brown would be good for Ryan Tannehill because, you know, Tannehill set a career high with interceptions last year, and part of his problem was he was so enamored with A.J. Brown, he would drop back, he would lock on to A.J. Brown, and, and you know, everybody in the secondary knew where the ball was going to go. And, uh, and then, uh, then you get into week one against the Giants, and, and he throws the ball to 11 different guys, 10 different guys catch a pass, and, uh, and, and Tannehill and 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 Todd Downing are taking heat because Robert Woods only had one catch, for example, and and tight end Austin Hooper only had one or didn't have any, I think. And and, and uh, you know, he, and so I, I think it's uh, it, it's sort of until somebody emerges as a as a playmaker, it's sort of a no win situation for the Titans right now because what they have are a bunch of okay. To good wide receivers, but you you know you compare this group that they have right now with what they had last year. You know, like AJ Brown was a guy who scared defenses. Julio Jones, even at his age and with the injuries he had last year, when he was on the field, teams noticed it. They paid attention to him. He you know he affected coverage and whatnot. There is there is nobody among that group right now that uh, that scares defenses in in a way that they're gonna they're gonna change their coverage or they're going to back guys out of the box and, 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 you know, maybe take chances with, with Derek Henry that they don't want to take. So this is, uh, you know, this is, this is an area, this is going to be a big problem for the Titans. And that's why they signed Josh Gordon is, you know, they're hoping maybe if nothing else, he can still run fast and take a safety deep down the middle of the field to open up some things underneath. He, uh, 
you know, he, he, he got a couple snaps Monday night, didn't look particularly dynamic or explosive to me, but, uh, but we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes for him here over the next couple of weeks. Final question for you, David, for the Titans to come away with the victory on Sunday against the Raiders and drop uh, Las Vegas to 0-3 on the season, what has to happen? Um, you know, the, the Titans need to, they need to run the ball. I, I think, I think that's first and foremost. They need to, they need to get Derrick Henry going. They need to, they need to get four or five yards on first down. They, they need him to, to break one or two runs of 25 yards or more somewhere along the way. They need to, they, they just need, they need to find their identity. And, uh, you know, that, that is their primary identity on offense. And then, Defensively, they just need to get they just need to get their coverage sorted out in the secondary. They uh, they look they have looked disorganized in the first two games, and uh, you know when you're going against a, a group that has Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, you know who sort of threaten you at every level of the uh, of the passing game. There, that is uh, that is a lot easier said than done. So if uh, you know, I, I would say. Get the running game going and be a be a hell of a lot better in pass defense than they've been to this point. There you go. That's the recipe right there. David Beauclair, Believe in the Titans, also covers uh, the Titans for SI.com. What do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? Well, like I said, I've got uh, I've got a, a piece on how the Titans don't have a quarterback controversy right now. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have later in the week a, a look at, you know, what, what Derrick Henry's start means statistically kind of compared to what he has done in previous years and uh, and just kind of all the the news nuggets that you need from you know to keep up with this team and keep up with this game heading into sunday there you go i appreciate it that's great stuff david thank you so much for your time and enjoy the game on sunday and we'll be talking soon yeah, thanks for having me, boys. I appreciate it. All right, have a good one. There he goes, David Beauclair right there. Again, Believe in the Titans podcast, great stuff right there, great breakdown. And my man P.E. in North Carolina said, somebody let Derek Carr know those boys are coming after him. You heard him right there. Jeffrey Simmons is licking his chops. Can't wait to get after Derek Carr. He knows he don't have to chase him. He knows all he's got to do is get in the backfield and get after him. And that offensive line is going to have their work cut out for him. So someone send that SOS, send that message to Derek Carr, they're coming for you, brother. They are coming for you. 249 is the time. Take a quick break. Come back. Close out hour number one. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Just got a few minutes left here in hour number one. The question we've thrown out there to you is who's a player or players you'd like to see more involved in the game plan offensively or defensively? Aaron hit us up on Twitter. I 100% agree with DeMond. If the running game is cooking, then ride that wave. Also, someone tell Chandler Jones that the season started. He needs to get at least one big play this game, whether that's a sack or a tackle for loss or a fumble or something. So Aaron is talking about the run game and also Chandler Jones. What, what say you? 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Juan the Smasher. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? What's going on? Hey, man, I'm chilling. I know that's right. Hey, Q, <laughs> man, I lost my voice. <laughs> I'm still trying to get my voice back, man. I was out there yelling with Raider Nation. And just to see that painful loss, man, it still hurts. I got and, you. Uh, and, and to answer your question, Q, I want to see my boy uh, Josh J. Just give him the rock, man. Feed him 15 times. Add him. Give him 12 touches. Give him 15 catches. He can do it. All these, uh, uh, Derek Carr, everybody's bashing on him, this and that. Man, I believe in Derek Carr, and I believe in uh, McDaniels. We, we can get it done. 
I'm over here sounding like my grandpa, but it's cool. We can get it, we can get it done. We, we, I know, and then uh, Abdullah, get, give him some more screens because he, he, he had one screen and he took it like, what, 20 yards? Yep, Just I called back. Give yep. him some more, yeah, more screens. And uh, other than that, if, if, if we just keep beating Adams and Waller too, we can win that game. Come on, baby, ready to you keep your head up. There's better days coming. Let's go, Raiders. There he goes. Great call. Juan the Smasher with not much of a voice, but he called in anyway. We definitely appreciate hearing from you, and it was great to see you on Monday night at the Oyo. One quick text. We'll take a break. Q, what do I want to see? I want to see what was reported all offseason, the dominant offense moving up and down the field, all the weapons. I want to see the defense, Jones and Max, wrecking shop like you would report, and that linebacker you were pumping up, Brown. And I want to see a win. That's from someone in the 408. Thank you for the text. And, um, yeah, I said a lot of things about what I saw in training camp and preseason, but I also said I saw it in training camp and preseason. Right? We didn't see any of the first-team offense in preseason, so you didn't hear me say anything about a dominant offense. I did talk about the weapons and how good Devontae Adams looked in practice and how good he looked in training camp, but I also said it was training camp, and you have to take it with a grain of salt. I know for a fact that I said that. I also said that Max Crosby was wrecking shop, and he helped ruin Alex Leatherwood's confidence, and I don't think anyone would disagree. Max Crosby's done his job. Max Crosby's done a good, good job this season. If, if I'm missing something, please tell me. I think Max Crosby's done a great job. Chandler Jones, on the other hand, he has not. That's, that's on him. You know, and, and the coaches could say that, hey, we lined him up. We tried to get him to play a different style. We tried to get him to rush differently against Murray. That's all fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, it's a result business, and he hasn't got the results. Chandler Jones, I think we've all said, needs to show up. And Jayon Brown, I think he's played pretty well so far. He hasn't come up with a turnover yet, but he, he damn near had one. He was a game winner at the goal line. You know, that ball tipped up in the air. He almost came up with it. So I think Jayon Brown's done okay, but I understand where you're coming from. But, I mean, let's, let's not put extra words in my mouth. Now, I, I did preface everything I said with it's training camp and preseason, and I said that the 4-0 in preseason, I said I've seen teams go 4-0, and I, I referenced how many times that Art Shell team that only won two games in the season. I reference that all the time. So if you're going to quote me, quote me 100% correctly, please. That's all I ask. 257 is the time. We'll come back talk to Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.